0: section fourteen of sermons to children by sabine bearing gold this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by Marianne. sermon fourteen temptations st james chapter four verse seven resist the devil and he will flee from you when the children of israel were in the wilderness on their way from egypt to the promised land they were afflicted with fiery serpents that is to say they were stung by venomous snakes in great numbers whose bite produced a burning in the wound and in the limb affected a great number of the israelites suffered and many died then the distressed people came to moses and begged him to pray to god for them that they might be delivered from the plague of these serpents it is distinctly told us that what they asked was pray unto the lord that he may take away the serpents from us moses did so Then the Lord answered Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass, that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it up upon a pole, and it came to pass, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. You see that God did not answer the prayer in the way the people wished, and that Moses expected He did not take away the serpents from the camp. He left them there, but he did provide a means of healing those who had been bitten. I dare say this surprises you. You think how easy it would have been for God to speak the word and destroy the serpents. He had but to bid Moses to lift up his rod, and they would die. No doubt Moses, when he prayed, remembered the plague of the frogs in Egypt. Then Pharaoh had sent for Moses, and had said, entreat the Lord that he take away the frogs from me and from my people. Then Moses had cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, and out of the fields. Again when the plague of flies came upon Egypt, a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, and into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt, and the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and said, Entreat for me. Then Moses went out from Pharaoh, and entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people, and there remained not one. Again the Lord sent a plague of locusts in Egypt. The locusts went up over the land of Egypt, and rested in all the coasts of Egypt. They covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb of the field, and all the fruit of the trees, which the hail had left, and there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field, through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and said, Entreat the Lord your God, that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh, and entreated the Lord, and the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts, and cast them into the Red Sea there remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt. No doubt, I say, Moses thought of all of this when the Israelites came to him, and besought him to entreat the Lord to take away from them the plague of serpents with burning bites. And I think he must have prayed without the least doubt in his mind that God would comply with his prayer, with the same promptitude and completeness as in Egypt. Perhaps he said within himself, I had but to pray when a persecuting king, the enemy of God's people, was afflicted with such discomforts as frogs and flies and locusts, now I shall pray for the chosen people, those who are guided by God, those whom he has taken under his special protection, and I shall pray for them to be delivered from a much worse plague than frogs, flies, and locusts, even from poisonous serpents, which are causing them terrible agonies and killing numbers of them. Surely God will hear me and destroy the serpents instantly. But it was not so. God did not destroy the serpents. He left them just as numerous as before, lurking in the scant grass, coiled up behind the stones, ready to dart fiercely on the unwary hand or foot to bite and poison. He left them in swarms. He did not kill one. When a man was walking hastily and inconsiderately through the grass, all at once he felt a sharp pain in the calf of his leg and something knitting itself about his ankle he looked down and found it was a snake biting him just as if moses had never prayed for the destruction of the serpents when a boy was playing in the sand and pulled the stones about to build castles with them he felt a sting in his hand and looked there was a white circle about a little red mark and a purple ring around it and he felt a pain like fire in his hand which began to swell just as he heard had happened to other boys before moses had been asked to entreat the lord to remove the plague when a girl went with her pitcher to the spring as she was stooping and dipping the vessel a black adder suddenly lanced at her out of the bank and fastened on her arm before she got home her arm was so swollen that her sleeve had to be cut away and her arm felt as if it had been thrust into a fire and her mother said this is just how another girl was stung yesterday before moses went into the tabernacle and that girl died in agonies this morning But God did answer the prayer of Moses in a way he had not expected. He bade him make a brazen serpent, and promised that all who should look thereon should be healed. God did not remove the plague, but he did provide a remedy for it. Now the man and the boy and the girl who had been stung, instead of lying down and dying, hastened to the place where the brazen serpent had been set up. They raised their eyes to it, hanging on the pole, and were healed. The poison went out of the wound, the inflammation abated, and they all recovered. Why do you suppose God did not answer Moses exactly in the way that Moses expected? Why was it that God did not take away the fiery serpents at his prayer? If you look at the results in the case of Pharaoh you will see. Directly that Pharaoh was relieved of the annoyance and discomforts of the plague, his heart was hardened and his fear of God vanished. As long as the frogs and the flies and the locusts plagued him, he was humble and penitent. The moment they were gone, he was proud and defiant once more. It would have been much the same with the Israelites. They were a stubborn and rebellious people, a people that set not their hearts aright. Again and again the people had rebelled against God and murmured because he had brought them out of Egypt. They had murmured at Marah. Directly they entered on the wilderness, they had complained and said, would to god we had died in egypt when we sat by the flesh-pots and when we did eat bread to the full and then god had given them manna they had murmured at rephidim they had lapsed into idolatry under sinai they complained of the manna and were given quails they murmured when they heard the tidings of the spies they murmured when korah dathan and Abiram were swallowed up they murmured at kadesh they were discouraged when they were journeying from hor by the way of the red sea and then it was that god sent the serpents among them he did not take away the plague but left the serpents to torment the people one in order that they might retain a lively fear of god two in order that they might learn to trust in god three in order that they might learn circumspection firstly the constant danger from the snakes and the frequent stings would remind them that they had transgressed against god and had been rebellious and that they had deserved his punishment. It would teach them to fear God. Secondly, the presence of the brazen serpent would show them that God loved them, abode in their midst, watched over them, and made provision for their healing. It was a constant witness to them that though God was just, he was also merciful. Thus, it would teach them to love God. Thirdly, the incessant danger they were in from stings would oblige them to look about them very carefully to avoid danger it would teach them caution in all their acts. But not only so. The serpents were sent as a punishment for sin. Their continued presence would be a continued warning to them to be cautious in their thoughts and words, to be cautious of sinning against God with thoughts of rebellion and words of murmuring. Well, now, in conclusion, my children, learn this. You, like the Israelites, are going a journey to the Promised Land, through the wilderness of this world, and you will be surrounded with temptations, stinging serpents, passions which are like fire, and which make you burn when wounded with them. How is it that God has allowed you to be tempted and tried in your journey? Why did he not bid you go through life without fiery passions and burning temptations? Because he saw that it was needful for you to be thus tried. The temptations you will undergo will thus serve to make you fear God, love God, and walk circumspectly. They will teach you fear, will make you have a godly fear which worketh repentance, not to be repented of. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You will see how liable you are to be wounded by your unruly wills and lusts, and knowing how holy God is, and how he seeks your perfection, you will walk ever in dread, feeling your own infirmity, knowing your own weakness, seeing the dangers that surround you, the sins that so easily beset you, AND YOU WILL LOVE GOD THE MORE, BECAUSE WHEN TEMPTED, YOU WILL FIND THAT HE GIVES YOU STRENGTH TO RESIST. WHEN BURNING WITH THE STINGS OF PASSION, HIS CROSS COOLS THE FEVER AND ASSUAGES THE PAIN. WHEN SUFFERING AND FALLEN, YOU WILL CREEP TO THE CROSS, AND LOOKING UP TO HIM WHO HANGS THEREON, WILL FIND PARDON AND RESTORATION. AND ALSO YOU WILL LEARN CIRCUMSPECTION. CIRCUMSPECTION MEANS LOOKING ABOUT YOU. YOU WILL BE CAUTIOUS HOW YOU WALK, CAREFUL WHERE YOU GO, watchful against evil wary against danger watch and pray lest you enter into temptation saith our lord if we were never assailed by the temptations of our flesh we should not watch but having felt them and found how fiery and dangerous they are we learn a vigilant watch you can never be destroyed by evil unless you will satan is like a chained dog he can bark but he cannot bite you unless you go within his reach no Israelite need have died of the fiery serpents unless he wilfully disregarded ordinary precautions and kept away from the healing serpent of brass. If you only keep, in life, the fear of God before your eyes, and love Him and walk circumspectly, you will go through the valley of serpents and take them up, and they will not hurt you. The fiery temptations of the flesh will no more destroy you than the adder out of a bundle of sticks that fastened on St. Paul's hand killed him he shook off the venomous beast into the fire and felt no hurt you may be stung over and over again by temptations but if you like st paul shake them off directly they fasten upon you or if when you feel the poison working in your veins you fly to the cross of christ you will take no harm End of section 14.